You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world. Another time. In the age of wonder. There was once a dream. You could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper. And it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers. Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can find All it takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders. Grab your happiest thought. I don't know how you grab a thought yet. I still haven't figured that out, but I keep saying it every week. But with that happiest thought, you sprinkle that pixie dust all around, and we take flight to Neverland, and I, of course, will once again be your guide. I am the head lost boy, Jeremy the Spider-Pan. And, of course, you should never fly to Neverland alone because you might run into pirates. So we have some people, we, we haven't, it's been a long time. Well, no, you've been around. But look, Lost Boy, we call you Kal-El, but you're Lost Boy Philip. Hello. Hello, how are you? And you haven't been on in a while, but it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been I a while. I can't place it. Oh, but we didn't bring just a, another Lost Boy. We needed some pixies. Oh, Hello, yes. Pixie Heather. Hi. Did we ever give you, yeah, we just call you uh, the, the bio nerd, don't we? Yes. Or actually, uh, the Wendy Bird. Wendy Nerd is. The Wendy, Wendy nerd, nerd, yeah. My official Pixie name. Yeah, because. Wendy it, Nerd. I had someone else once try to claim being the Wendy, but uh, you have to be the official Wendy if I'm the band, so yep. it makes sense. So I could not let the other person have that honor. Uh, Lost Boy Phillips wandering around trying to show us something. I have no idea what that was. I took a pixie out of my pocket. Oh, uh. you, I actually had a pixie, a, a keychain in my pocket I got from Skywalking Through Neverland. Hi, uh, Richard and Sarah. Uh, I got it as like a contest thing, and I accidentally dropped it and broke it. But it was a really neat little, it was it was one of those little crystal things that you carved the inside in. It was, it was Tinkerbell. It was so cool. Uh, but anyway, so this is it's, this is going to be a great show today. I had a conversation with Ben, and I can't remember if it was Goodman or whatever, but he's from the UK, and he's Wonderful. got a son named Zach. And I, part of this uh, whole thing that I did over the past five weeks, you know, pushing the media promotion and doing a lot more, being more active on Twitter, I met up with him. It's called Zach's Adventures on on. Twitter, but the adventures of Zach on YouTube, and this is about a little autistic boy, and they have adventures at Walt Disney World, at least they had one back in May, and I thought it would be appropriate to be able to talk to somebody so we all get a little bit more informed about, about autism. Also, if you happen to have any autistic children and you think about going to the parks, there's things you can do to make sure that they have a fantastic time, uh, despite there is someone who was trying to bring a lawsuit against Disney, claim they didn't do enough, but I think we're going to find out today that Disney's doing about all they can, and a lot of it is things that you can do with your child that you can guarantee you're going to have a wonderful time. So we're going to get into that later. But first, this I'm calling this Mickey Mouse Month. And I should probably come up with a good quality sounder for it because Mickey's turning, can you believe it, 90 years old? Oh, boy! <laughs> exactly. On November the 18th, that was, well, that's what we call his birthday, but you know, that's actually the release of Steamboat Willie. But, you know, there were a couple of cartoons that almost got released silently before that, like Playing Crazy, and I can't remember the other one is. Uh, Eric probably would know if we... <laughs> I can't remember. I read about it just the other day, but I can't recall at this moment. But we're going to have some time each week. We're going to talk about some of our favorite Mickey cartoons. And one of the reasons why I've hopped over here with Philip, because I know his absolute favorite is the band concert. Oh, yes. And I pulled up a few factoids here. i got to dig them up again. i got to pull it up here. We're using my phone. and uh, Oh, look, I can even project it onto your screen so awesome. everybody can read that a little better. So, yeah, this is oh, 1935, and this was the first, it was three-strip tri three Technicolor, and it's the very first Mickey Mouse cartoon to actually be in color. Oh, look, and there's the poster. The oh, poster is fantastic. It. This is an all-star cast. Oh, and Gideon Goat, that's who that fuzzy guy is. Oh, there you go. Gideon Goat. I mean, but this has Clarabelle Cow, Dippy Dog, before he became known as the Goof, and then later Goofy, the second-ever appearance of Donald Duck. 
Uh, I mean, this is just a great cartoon. So, Philip, this being like your favorite, what's the first time you remember watching it? Do you remember? Oh, man, I was a little bitty kid. We had a... Lots of different things. We had the Viewmaster, and there's part of I had that. I had the Viewmaster of it. You you remember the Viewmaster? Mm -hmm. So they, like the models. Were yeah, yeah, the yes. one that you would spin. You know, you because I know there was one the, the regular Viewmaster where you had the slide thing and you clink and yeah. it would be 3D. But there's also the one that played mo yeah, motion. Yeah, we had that the motion one. And we had one of those too. Yeah, I don't think we had anything as cool as Mickey Mouse. Yeah, so we had, we had several. We had Mickey Mouse. We had one of Goofy being a plane, little, oh. that little glider thing. We had. I think I remember that. Yeah, we had the uh, what do you call the, the ghost one where they would go hunting. The lonesome ghost. The lonesome ghost. Mm -hmm. and then we, we're going to get to that one later. Oh, yeah. And then we had this one. And, man, I would watch it again and again and again. Of course, it wasn't the full cartoon. They yeah. only had the, the just parts of it. But I remember I watched it again and again and again. Of course, you didn't have any sound. No kidding. And so when we finally got to see it, I fell in love with it because of that. First of all, you have to understand, I also love the Lone Ranger. <laughs> and yes. so when watching it, and they had the uh, uh, William Tell Overture, mm. I went absolutely bananas. And I also always loved the Turkey and the Straw. Yeah. And they had both. And plus Donald Duck and Mickey, who are my favorites, and Goofy, though he wasn't known as that at the time when his mate. Right. And I went ballistic, absolutely ballistic. And it, so it is my favorite. I just absolutely love it. I can't even imagine watching this without the sound. I mean, this... When you when you think of some of the great cartoons that were even based on audio, and this is going to be some of your favorites, I know too. Uh, but like the the big ones you think of is like Looney Tunes that they used music to really tell the story. And I'm thinking like I think it's called the Bunny of Seville, where they do the Barber of Seville. Oh with, yeah. Uh, yep. And then of course the best one, What's Opera Doc? Yeah. Where and I don't know if they borrowed from any famous operas for the music. They probably did. They, they probably did. So. Yeah. But I mean, it is just using music to tell the story and, and basing around music is always a great idea. And I think we really owe a lot of it to this one. I mean, you, the Silly yeah. Symphonies, yes. But when you start doing it like this and have this many gags, it's, I mean, that, to to basically give the, the story away, I guess we better inform everybody. So this is Mickey, who's brought his band out into the park. And I love it when they had, in the early days, Mickey Mouse, like, seemed to live out in the country with all his little cartoon pals. Yeah. And they're pigs playing music. And, yeah. yeah. And they're all pigs and whatever. And uh, I wonder if the pig has a name. We'll have to look that up, There too. were two pigs in there. There, Well, uh, yeah, there yeah. might have been, because... Yeah, there was. They, they, was. I know characters are playing multiple instruments, so it's kind of difficult to, to, to get into it. Um... But so he's putting on a concert, and at first, you know, Donald Duck comes out, and he wants to jump, again, jump in, so he hops on stage and starts screwing up and laying turkey in the straw when they're trying to play William Tell. He's selling hot dogs. And so, you see how he comes in selling hot dogs and ice cream? Popcorn. I thought it was popcorn. Yeah, he had pop well, he's, he's talking about ice cream, but he mentions hot dogs, oh. which that in his first cartoon, I think that's what he was doing. His first cartoon was a uh, the hen. What was it? Uh, something about the plucky hen or something. Yeah, and he said he he wants the popcorn that she's remember she's uh, growing the popcorn and he tries to get it at the end and yeah I don't know if I've seen that one. Uh, oh, have you not? I, it's yeah, good. I know. So there's some, like Mickey's first actual spoken words were actually something about a hot dog as well. Oh yeah, hot dog. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> in the when you look at Steamboat Willie, he doesn't say anything. No, not really. They're playing music. So that's kind of different. But yeah, when, when of course you start getting more voice into Mickey, that's of course Walt. And this one, you don't hear from Mickey in this one. The only one who has any lines is Clarence Nash as Donald Duck. Yeah. And he's mainly just, wah, wah, wah. and of course he comes in, hot dogs, ice cream, you know, when he's selling stuff. But he keeps interfering. And then of course, uh, like halfway through, it keep, changes around to where we have the, they play the storm for the William Tell Overture and a tornado comes through and just a hilarity and all. It's, it's, I love this cartoon. But that's like the basics of the plot so everybody at least can maybe reference what we're talking about. If Hopefully you've seen this one. If not, we did find it's on YouTube so we could have to remind Pixie Heather what it was. Yeah, I hadn't been, I wasn't as familiar with that one as some other Mickey cartoons so I needed the reminder. I was in such a mood of it, such a spirit of it. You have to understand, I'm a geek, which... Yes, we knew. But anyway, <laughs> I came down wearing my slippers, my Mickey Mouse slippers, <laughs> and I even have a tie of this cartoon. It shows Mickey Mouse, uh, which I'm wearing right now, incidentally. Mm -hmm. Mickey Mouse, you know, for the cartoon, dressed in his, uh, what you would call a band uniform. Yeah, he's a band leader. He's, the funny thing, well, no, I guess there, some of the other characters have a uniform on. Yeah. We do see uh, Clarence. Uh, Goofy. Uh, Clarence, and, or but, uh, Dippy Dog, whatever. Uh, a horse, house, horse collar, you know, he has his and he takes his off when he's getting ready to play the storm. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're getting serious yeah, now. Yeah, he's very rich at all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so everybody's got different color uniforms, but Mickey's got his nice red. Now, one. Minnie is not in this one. Though. Minnie's no. not yeah, in this one. Which is rare. She's almost in all the old ones. But yeah. she wasn't in this. Mm, yeah, I, I never thought why, about that. Before. I wonder why she not. Yeah, I don't know. Never thought I about it. Wonder about it. But you know, I, I've heard 
many people say in the past that all the the Looney Tunes were the first ones to use classic music, and which is not true. I mean, I love the Looney Tunes. I was wearing a Looney Tune tie mm-hmm. when I was preaching today. I'm a pastor. I was preaching today. But the fact is, is as much as I love Looney Tunes, this was before that. Yes, it were. And, and Disney used it just as much and before. But, yeah. uh, but I think it's great that they use classic music. I actually own a lot of classic music, including the two main themes that were used in this, which is Turkey mm-hmm. and the Straw and, of course, William Tell Overture. Mm-hmm. I love it. Which, yeah, that'd be fun to blend. <laughs> I, I'd try if I could. <laughs> well, I wonder if, um, because at the times with the silent movies and stuff like that, they would always have, you know, music underneath it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. have the organ player, and that this may just be um, just an extension of that. It could be. Into that they use classical music behind, you know, and then, yeah, I don't know. I just, it just, it's a good thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it would make sense if that was the, the you know, tradition of the time is we've got all this classical music and then, okay, so we start making cartoons and we just continue putting classical music. It's a good thought behind. because back in the silent days, they had no other choice, really. Just, yeah. They used to hire organists. Mm-hmm. In fact, that was Carl Starling's job here in Kansas City before he went to go work at Warner Brothers and put that music together for Looney Tunes. Oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep, he actually played music for the Laughagram Studios cartoons awesome. in the theater. So Carl Stalling. And he actually did come back and do some work with Disney. I'm not sure specifically what he did, but he's mainly known for Looney Tunes. And he was the one who loved to bring in those classic tunes. And I forgot the one that's very famous. Uh, whenever they'd have machinery going, they'd have like, do, 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 uh, do, 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 You know, Carl Stalling is the one that thought that would fit perfectly. So he actually brought a lot of those classic tunes into the Warner Brothers. So I've often thought. Love that guy. I've He's often, local. Woo-hoo. I've often thought about this. I've thought about how so many of us, I don't talk about all of us, that grew up with these cartoons, even the people who have nothing to do with it now, but when they were children. How many of us wouldn't know anything about classical music, mm. wouldn't know anything about the instrumental or anything if it were not for those things that these men delivered to us as children and brought into our knowledge? And to this day, we may not have any idea what it's called, you know, but we do know, you know, people ask me, hey, do you like, and I'm even going to try to name it, but do you like this and this? No, I've never even heard of that. And all of a sudden they start playing it, you know, da 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 Oh, yeah, I, I love that. That's when Bud's Bunny came out with, you know, so and so. Yeah, no, that's not called that. That's, you know, but I, yeah. I find that I love, I'll look at these classical musics that I buy and I'll say, uh, no, I don't know that one. It starts playing. I find it. No, I've loved that since I was five yeah. years old. We know the tunes. We <laughs> yeah. know the tunes. Like, just don't know the name. Claire de Lune. Yeah, it's a great tune, but you yeah. don't know the, what to call it. I have it. no idea what it's called. <laughs> I even found a guy on YouTube that he, he he does collections like songs that you know, but you don't know what it's called. Yeah, He plays on piano. He's really fun. I, I cannot pronounce what his name is. He's, he's uh, from somewhere in Europe, I think. But he'll stare directly into the camera with a bland look, and he'll play. Yes. And he'll he'll point his finger at one like, oh wait, no, we'll listen to the next part. But he's he's loads of fun. He's 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 basically being funny, but he he introduces you to the names of a lot of these songs. And this one, uh, I like the way. I mean, everybody was familiar with Turkey and the Straw, especially after Steamboat Willie. But yes. in the cartoon, you see them change over yes. to the William Tell Overture, and then they even show you when they're going to play the storm, so you know, you know, even with some of the movements of the William Tell Overture, but you know what it is you're hearing. Yeah. Because, you know, in 1935, I bet you on radio, you might have already had Lone Ranger by then. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And I think people we probably knew it did. as Lone Ranger. People right, the Lone Ranger. Yeah. And when I was a kid, it was the Lone Ranger. I didn't realize William Tell Overture? Yeah, to you this know. day, a lot of people call it the Lone Ranger song. The Lone Ranger song. And and what's what's fun, great? Okay, and I did see like this was actually arranged by Lee Harleen and Giacchino or Giacchino Rossini, Rossini. He's got a name like Michael Giacchino does, where it's hard to say, and I bet it's pronounced the same way. But these are the guys that are clever enough to be able to mix the Turkey and the Straw and William Tell Overture together to work. Brilliant. It blends so well, and I love how the Donald Duck, of course, just commands that takes it away from Mickey and has the band going and of course <laughs> even the best parts of that is that Mickey would come down break his flute throw it on the ground give him a dirty look Donald Duck would Donald Duck could have taught David Copperfield a few tricks for sleight of hand yes. uh, for pulling these flutes and he'll even I love when he plays the audience like nothing up his sleeve and then pulls it out you know the other one or the hat or Every, the, yeah, the final one he pulls out of his hat but even what what's great is when uh, I guess when we did see his name he was a goat uh, let me pull it back around here uh, Gideon Goat, who's on the poster, is playing a trombone, and he, or it's either that or maybe it was Dippy Dog, but, but it was, anyway, he's playing a trombone, and he rings it around Donald Duck, and shakes him back and forth, and all these flutes just flying, flying out, and he's been hiding. <laughs> there's, there's so many great gags, but I think still one of my favorite is uh, where, because I, I feel it every time, when, when Mickey Mouse gets hit with ice cream in the back of his neck... <laughs> 
and it grows out in there. And it's just like when you were kids and you used to stick ice cubes down in your brother's or sister's yes. back. And it's that same level where you go, ah, his shoulders back and the eye up. And then it just turns into Mickey trying to shake it out. And he's do-do-do-do-do-do. And they change the music because he's doing like Egyptian they, dance yes. to get rid of this, you know, ice cream going down his back. I was That's there. The I, I saw your brother do that to you <laughs> many yeah. times. And I loved it. I, I know it's horrible. You're so reactive Yeah, to you're that. so sadistic there. Oh, I just it, love it. I did love it because the, the way you reacted was absolutely yes. hilarious. <laughs> well, it is pretty darn funny when it when when you're not watching you. it, when yeah. it's not you. When it's but, not you, it's great. When it but, is you, it's terrible. We feel Mickey's pain at that point. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, he. Th- th- it's so great how they timed it to the music. You don't think about that yes. when you're watching it. But until later and you're older, maybe. Yeah, but. Uh, I don't know even know if we had overdubbing available at this point. Because I know Steamboat Willing, they had to record the entire audio in one take. Yeah, they had and to And I do don't know right if I know if they'd advanced further enough where they could, you know, record the audio somewhat separately. But still, you have to time it to be perfect in sync with the cartoon. Because all the finger movements are trying to match at least where the beats are. And mm-hmm. even some comical stuff with Dippy Dog and uh, yeah. and, uh, and the Clarabelle Cow. When oh, they go yeah. across each other's, you know, instruments. To it's, a really, it's funny. It's now, cute. I realize that I'm going to sound like an old man here. Let it be. But the young people nowadays don't realize just how, of course, we weren't even born then, but yeah. they, they don't even realize how perfect, how perfectly timed and animated and all these things. I don't think, I think we take it for granted, yeah. but just how great all that stuff had to be. And I, I applaud all the people who gave what they had for all this. So oh, yeah. The timing and oh. the amount of time to get the timing is, yeah. you know, perfect. Like a, yeah. Mm-hmm. The planning. Well, I mean, let's list out some of the animation here. We have Johnny Cannon, Les Clark, who was in charge of Mickey Mouse, Hugo Dorsey, Frenchie de Tremondan. I don't know how to say some of these. There's Clyde Geraminimi, <laughs> which is the same. No, I guess it was similar to uh, one of the, the music people. Oh, I lost my place. Uh, Hudsey Horvath, Dick Humor. I don't say anything about that name, okay? Seriously. Every time his name pops up. I would up, never have thought about it until you said something. I know, and every time I hear his name on a podcast or I see him connected with a cartoon, I'm like, and his name is, I'm, I'm sorry. Jack Kinney, Wolfgang Retherman, Ward Kimball, the great Ward Kimball. Uh, okay, if you don't know his name, uh, we'll do some research on him later. Lord Kimball, one of the original nine old men. I mean, Ward Kimball, great animator. Milt Call, Archie Robin, Louis Schmidt, Dick Williams, Roy Williams, and Cy Young. Roy. I mean, those are the great animators who brought this to us. And this was preceded, actually, by the tortoise and the hare and followed up by Mickey's service one. station. You know, with the tortoise and the hare. Yeah, i got to love that one. Outstanding. Which, of course, Bugs Bunny has his own version of dealing with the tortoise and the hare. And that one's funny because the tortoise a is a little one. rascal and he's yeah. got, like, engines That's in his one of, one of the only people ever beat Bugs at his own game. Oh, yes. Yeah. I love that one. Uh, oh, the band. I bet we'll have it. Yeah, Mickey. So we got Mickey Mouse as the conductor, Goofy or Dippy Dog playing a clarinet. Of course, they changed some instruments. Daniel, Daniel Dog. Dog. Now we know. Bone. Daniel Dog is the fuzzy one. Okay. Well, now we know. I thought that was that goat guy. I wonder what. No. Well, the goat guy is on the poster. That's interesting. See, there's two pigs. I told yeah, you. Yeah, Clarabelle Cow. Then you got Horace, Horse Collar, Peter Pig, and Patty Pig on the trumpet you know. and the tuba. Yeah, that's all yeah. Well, that's interesting. And of course, our cast, we only have Clarence Nash and Donald Duck. Uh, it actually didn't receive any Academy Award nominations, but is actually really highly claimed. Even uh, Esquire magazine critic Gilbert Sells says no, dozens of works produced in America are at the same time of all the other arts can stand in comparison with this one. And the Italian conductor Arturo Toscanini was a fan of the big band concert, and he saw it six times in the theater and later invited Walt Disney to his home in Italy. And it's actually rated third in the 50 Greatest Cartoons book. Wow. I would like to see what all is listed in that book Me and see too. what they tell about it. Uh, but, yeah, so this is definitely clearly one of the greatest cartoons of all time. One of. One of. There's lots of yeah. It's number three. It's one of them. Uh, so this is, and I, it's a great way, I think, to start out our month. We got, heck, we're only like 17 minutes in. We got more things we can talk about on this of yeah. the legacy of Mickey. I thought we'd go on for half an hour. Well, knowing how much I love it. Look, I love Mickey so much that since I was a little boy, of all the cartoon characters that I love, I mean, I love a lot. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I could I could mention to you Popeye, and I mean, I could go on and on and on. I love all the lineage. I'd go on. Mickey has got to be number one for me. I mean, to me, he's the one that started it all. Yeah. Just like Superman is the comic book guy, the superhero that started it all. Yeah. Mickey Mouse is the he's the the cartoon one. Yes, yeah. I mean you just can't have cartoon without Mickey Mouse. Yeah, and as Walt Disney even said, this was all started by a mouse. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, I although technically you can give a little credit over to uh, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Yeah, but but he but was taken away. He was taken away. The the point is though is so that it became Mickey. Mickey was <laughs> the one though who was used 
the way I see it, fate, if you want to call it that, fate happens for a reason. Who knows? Oswald may not have gone over as big as Mickey for one reason or another. Well, he did for a while. He, he was, did, but until he was taken ha- away and the Universal, you never, good you with never him. know. Maybe the the audiences wouldn't have accepted him quite the way they did Mickey. There's yeah. just something about his personality that people just love Mickey Mouse. Yes. Felix the cat got dethroned by a mouse of that's all right. things, and that's kind a of mice funny. defeated the cat. Exactly, it's, it's almost like a mighty mouse. Yeah. <laughs> Here he comes. Hey, there's no wrong cats, but but Pete is a cat. Oh yeah, I know. But which would you rather have? The the remember the old classic Felix the cat clock and his tick tick. You know his eyes would go back and forth, or a Mickey Mouse telephone. Oh, it's phone. Or even a Mickey Mouse watch. No. That's what I want. I, that, I would love to have a Mickey Mouse watch for Christmas. I love Mickey Mouse. Sorry, I'm gonna, I, I want the cat. You want the Venus the cat? <laughs> the cat. There's nothing wrong yeah, with you get out of here. You're not. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you know, those are like the, the classic, iconic little household items that if you have one, it's probably worth millions by now. Yeah, the old, the old style. The old style. But I, they even have one of those old uh, Mickey Mouse phones up in Marceline, I think in the Toonfest office. Oh, it is so cool. You wouldn't be able to plug it in hardly anymore. You know, the fact is, is phone, Mickey but. Mouse was so big. He was as big as any you know Hollywood star in his day. He really yeah. was. I mean, he's got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah. Minnie finally got one. Yeah, and, and, and to her credit, Minnie Mouse was kind of overlooked for years. She's also turning ninety. Yes, that's right. You know. I should have looked up some great appearances by Minnie Mouse. Well, I one of them that Willie. Well, yeah, but one of my favorite ones, this this was kind of funny. This is because uh, normally, you know, the one that gets stuck with all that luck is my buddy Donald Duck. Yeah. But there's one cartoon where Mickey really does get stuck with all that luck. He comes by Minnie Mouse's baking a cake. Yes, I love this one. Oh, that's a great one. And Mickey comes by and he wants that, that cake. And Minnie says, you're such a freeloader and everything. And Minnie just lets him have it. And he says, well, I, I know, it. I'll clean up the yard. And then this little, the, it's called yes. The Little Whirlwind. They recently showed it. it on TCM. This whirlwind comes and just wrecks the place. And Mickey gets blamed for the whole thing. I love that one. I love that. That's that's one of the great appearances of Minnie. Because it's one of those, like, you want to explain to Minnie, like, no, it wasn't Mickey's fault for once. I love Minnie Mouse. You know, she's yeah. a sweetheart. But one thing... Uh, uh, I always thought it was kind of weird. I was thinking about this the other day. I was reading a book that I bought to, to read to the children. I watched children at the Y, YMCA. I was a uh, reading. Why? Because he likes to. That's right. Uh-huh. No, but I was sitting there reading the story to him, and I knew it to be true that she had a little cat. Oh. And, I, and I thought, this is interesting to me because that cat is Figaro. Yeah. And I thought, how on earth did that cat jump out of the Pinocchio? Mm-hmm. And into the arms of many, because I, I, so everybody loved Figaro. Oh, adorable! But we still love Figaro. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. But I was trying to think how, and, and this is so stupid. I spent about thirty, forty minutes trying to figure <laughs> out how Figaro jumped out of the. It's still Disney, but how yeah. it jumped out of the universe of. Pinocchio, and I'm thinking, you're wasting your time. There's no way to figure it out. Yeah. It's, it's just... just well, go with it. There are people who have put together the Disney-verse now, though. Is there really? They, they try to connect everything. Which, that would be interesting. What I would like to see connected, because Warner Brothers kind of already did this first, in a way, because they did the Looney Tunes show, and they had all the Looney Tunes characters living in a town together. That's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, you got the concept of Mickey's Toontown. If you add some of that stuff with Roger Rabbit, what it introduced, I would like to see, because you have Duckburg, and I guess maybe Mickey Mouse lives in Duckburg. That'd be fun. You know, why not? Mickey Mouse lives in Duckburg with Donald Duck and yeah. all these other characters. So you get all those Disney characters. Granted, now Darkwing Duck, he's out yep. protecting St. Canard, but there's another yeah, city in the same world. Mm-hmm. But you remember, yes. remember the town I came up with? All the villains could live in Evil. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that, that's how all the villains could live in Evil. And that would be fun. That would be the little, yeah. you know. The, the but then you have this nice, happy little town where Mickey and, and Ducktales and Rescue Rangers all happen in the Duckburg area. That would area. be great. That'd Unless, be great. I don't know. No, rescue, your, oh, your Tailspin rescue Rangers, is elsewhere, though. Yeah, it's yeah, a little more tropical. Be, but it's not of. one of the regular just cartoon characters. Tails, the Tailspin characters were like movie characters. I'm talking like your regular Disney. Anthropomorphic to yeah. Disney, like from shorts. But, but that could be where or you comics. Have the, so, so Scrooge McDuck's money bin exists somewhere where Mickey Mouse is having the band. That concert. where Mickey could have his little. What was that called? That that TV show where he had his little dinner theater. Um, the um um House yes of the Mouse. House, House of you. Mouse. He could have that in his little that, that little town, you know. Yeah, and I regret I didn't watch more House of Mouse. I, I think House it was on during so like X Men or something. Was it on was a the fun same show. Time. It was like a '96. Because they'd show some classics and they had some newer ones. And yeah, that. and you'd have a you look out and you'd have villains and you'd have that'd be fun. 
That's yeah. A fun idea. You, you yep. Send it in. That's a good idea. And I think at least with some of the newer Mickey Mouse cartoons, because they've brought in Scrooge McDuck for a couple of things. I haven't been keeping up on the newer Mickey Mouse cartoons, but I think if they, they've tried to build on that concept. But I'd love to see a series just based on the idea that they all live in one town in the same world to where it wouldn't be fun to watch, you know, Launchpad and Goofy together. Oh, yeah. The adventures they can have together. Oh, that's a scary thought because I love Launchpad. <laughs> yes. I adore. And it'd be fun okay. to bring back some of the old people, but old, you know, the old characters that the kids don't have no idea. Yeah. What's the name of that? That uh, he won a duck. He was a. He had, his bill came down, but he had the little glasses and the red hair on top of that little. Uh, I can't think of his name. Right Huey, now. baby Huey. No, not baby Huey. Can't say him. Uh, yeah, I know. That's from another. That's a whole baby. other story. Yeah, we don't want him. That's <laughs> yeah. from Harvey Comics. Yeah. No. Uh, he was a skinny dude, had, uh, oh, uh, uh, suspenders, and he was a friend, had to lose a Gyro Gearloose? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I could see him, you know, teaming up with people. He was a lot of fun. Him and Ludwig von Drake yes. inventing something together. That would be fun. <laughs> that would be awesome. I would love to see that. That would be great, great fun. See, I know you're listening to me, Disney. Make it happen. Come yeah, on. Yeah, come on. Yeah. I, I will tweet are. that to Bob Iger if I have to. Like, we yeah. want to see this. So the Launch little, and Goofy. You guys probably know. Like, the little singing owl, was that Disney or no, was that? that's a Warner Brothers. That's a Warner Brothers. I love Yeah, and that's a great little cartoon. I like that one, yeah. Yes, that's a great little cartoon, but we still like Mickey Bicker. They're, but they got their own owls. They got their own owls, Disney does. See, I, yeah, in the Hundred Acre Wood and in Bambi. And, I, I got Disney with the TV I, specials. I usually sort watch of stone. Looney Tunes. Oh, yes. Archimedes! <laughs> yes. Yes, and that's, that's one of the things I think was always been the problem with Disney shorts is Looney Tunes were readily available on network TV, even on mm-hmm. Saturday mornings. Yes, you get it. Yeah. But you couldn't watch Mickey Mouse cartoons unless Disney you bought Channel. the Disney Channel. Back in the day. Mm-hmm. And that was that was hard. Yeah. And we that's didn't have the Disney Channel, so we watched Looney Tunes. That's when the Disney Channel, Channel was totally worth it, too. Back in the it's day. A, it's okay now, but back in the day, but, I mean, oh. But the, the cartoons themselves, usually a lot of times had to be up early in the morning. And we're talking sometimes they showed them middle of the night. And yeah, it, Toon Disney was, it was awful ridiculous. about being in the middle of the night with stuff sometimes. You're like, man, do I have to get up at four in the morning to watch you? Really? Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, I've noticed like when I was grew up, I was more and I loved Goofy and Donald more. Because when you'd watch the three of them together, all the, you know, Donald Duck always gets that bad luck. Goofy was always goofing something up. And they sometimes would forget Mickey was around. Like when they're building the boat, you'd get, oh, yeah, Mickey's still here, too. But all the gags were with Donald and Goofy. And so I think I appreciated them more. And I don't think I learned to appreciate Mickey Mouse as much until I went to Walt Disney World. And you have some Mickey stuff everywhere. And then, you know, I, I forgot just how much fun Mickey was until that's the first time I saw Mickey's Fire Brigade is when we were waiting for the bus to go back to the airport that was on a TV. And I just loved it. It was great because because uh, it's very very few times you see Mickey get to be the foil of stuff and actually do something funny instead of just being there to help unite the team of three. Yeah, because it in the future and by the Except future, for lonesome ghost, a lonesome ghost, he gets to participate. Yeah, he gets better. to be. He's more than just a sweet guy. He's a sweet guy, but yeah. after a while, he does get frustrated. He's so mm-hmm. so much sweetened up and boy scouted yeah. for the parks that you forget how cool he was. Yeah, because he the was, day and he was a rascal. You can sometimes. be you can be nice mm-hmm. and yet still have your moments that you're a little ornery too. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and you gotta get into some straight Mickey Mouse cartoons where he's on his own and not with Pluto or whatever because you know, yeah. that becomes a Pluto thing. But when you watch stuff and we'll get into some of these later when we get into him through the looking glass which I adore yeah, that one as well. One. Yeah, cute one. Stuff where Mickey's on his own and he's allowed to have adventures is when he's at his best. Yeah. Like even the more recently Runaway Brain. Yeah, yeah that's little, the, Mickey those. gets to be this like the hero of the story. Uh, so and yeah, I, I'm glad we're getting into this because we're getting to sum up the 90 years of Mickey kind of to get introduced but throughout the month of November we're going to talk about at least some of our favorite cartoons I, and I love the one hopefully get as many as yeah, we I can I should probably say this because you might be waiting for this but I love the one where he's scared at night and he thinks that there's somebody in the house remember that one where the, the shoes get attached to his gun oh that's a great one because the shoes get attached to his gun that is. and they're they're uh, they get wrapped around on the back of his gun and they're they're Kind of going up the stairs with them. And yeah. Annoying them. I think we all have been through that. Yeah. Our, our minds are getting the better of us. That's great. Oh, is, is that? They no, were that, kicking him. 
<laughs> I can't remember. I'm thinking of some of the black and white ones where he that's goes. That's a colored one. That's, that's a colored one because I'm thinking like some of the scary ones that he's in. He's in the haunted house where he gets forced to that's play the music. One. But then yes, there's also man. one with the mad doctor that he has this nightmare and he, he doesn't realize. You don't realize his dream till the end. But he thinks this mad scientist has kidnapped yes. Bluto and he's wandering through that creepy house. Yeah. I was thinking about that. So I, I can't think. Of, yeah. Well, that's so the mad that's doctor is yeah. to play one. But I cannot think. I know I've seen this one you're talking about. Yeah. He's going. But to I can't think of which one and, it is. And the light bulbs fall down there. <laughs> yes, I can see it all, but I can't think of any more than that. Yeah, it, it, I love it. I Dang love it, which cartoon is that, though? I can't remember the name of it. Oh, oh the titles right. don't come to me very well. Somebody get on Twitter, send us an email, podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. Remind me what that one is. I probably got it on my DVD set thing that, uh, really that I, I had to uh, find my own way to get because doggone it, Disney, release them where we can afford them and don't do the re- Re-audioed. Uh, that's have a laugh one. I don't want to have a laugh one. I want the original audio. I will pay. I'm not kidding. I'll pay a good amount for the entire collection. But I think that they if they, but they can't just, break us. You know we yeah, can't afford it. I learned a long time ago. I mean, some companies have learned this. If you, they will bring them out in affordable. More people will buy them. And uh, yeah, they'll make more money that way. Yeah, that's what the Disney Afternoon uh, DVD sets are always affordable. That's yeah. why I think they sell because people, you know, there are people our age that like, oh my gosh, my kids would love this. I love this, and they're sitting. And I've even seen people on Facebook. They said, I, you know, the modern cartoons are so dumb. I don't let my kids watch those. I go and I grab cartoons I used to love, and we said my kids love those. My nephews and nieces are nuts over the Looney Tunes, over the yes. Tom and Jerry's, over Popeye, and, and some of the Disney, but they, they don't really care much about the modern stuff. Yeah, the, the, the gags just aren't as good anymore. Even SpongeBob, which started out really funny, as you go further along, it just declines, and like, this isn't yeah, as funny the, as it was before. The it, recent ones are not funny. Because something about the original SpongeBob, they had sat, that same thing going on with uh, like the classic cartoons. They, just, they had that same mentality, and they let a gag develop. Yeah, you know, you got, and, and now it's so fast paced, you don't have time to really get the I joke across that. properly. Yeah. They're trying to rapid fire the jokes, but sometimes to get the best laugh, you have to build it, yeah, and work it up, and then it's funnier, and then you appreciate it more, yeah. And then, it, then we remember it. I can't think of, well, other than some early SpongeBob, some of the gags I remember. I can't remember a lot of the jokes out of a SpongeBob cartoon, even if I maybe just watched it. But I can watch a Mickey Mouse, and I can go back and tell you some of the gags yeah. that are like, I love this, and I love when this happens, and when this happens. Like in Goofy, one of Goofy's best things in The Lonesome Ghost, when he fights for the dresser drawer. Yeah. I got him, Mickey! And he straight yeah. loves out, and then he sticks the pin in his own backside. Well, See, I, <laughs> I'll never forget that, because that's genuinely funny. Every and year it, I watch He that. takes time to build it up, because he's doing the mirror gag with the ghost and yeah it's, it's great ah, I love it that's that's comedy folks that's what I'm comedy brave. is <laughs> well, I'm brave but well, I'm careful. careful and then that's oh, yeah. Ghostbusters O's Goofy for yeah. I ain't a scared of no, no ghost <laughs> that's right that's awesome <laughs> so all month long we're going to be celebrating Mickey Mouse every weekend and probably talk probably mainly we're going to focus on one cartoon but we'll probably end up going into more so love you week, Mickey yeah. Yeah. we but, love you buddy but we know because a lost boy Eric I know he, he, he had brought up Mickey's trailer and that that's one I think one of the early ones I remember, and that's one of the ones where Mickey's fairly funny. But that's also the ones where Donald and Goofy really have some of the best gags, especially boiling down to, "Hey, who's driving? <laughs> I'm driving." You know, yeah. that's I knew that corncob gag before I saw the cartoon because Dad had seen the cartoon, and when we would eat corn off the ears, like he would. Make that, yeah. make that, yeah. But we'll get into that one next week when we have Eric on here because that's one of the ones that he that he mentioned on his list of some of his favorites. So definitely Mickey's trailer, and that's I love that one too. It's hard to mention one of these things that I don't love, really. Yes. So. Yeah. Yep. All right. So next, uh, next up, we're going to talk to Ben about his son Zach and autism, and uh, it's great. I learned a lot in the conversation. I think you will too. To Disney and beyond. We've got something very special and different here on the podcast for you. This may be the most educational segment I think I've ever done, other than telling people about a little bit of Disney history or stories behind some various movies. This actually is information that I'm hoping a lot of you are going to find helpful, because I know I am not that well informed with autism, and so this is a good chance to be informed with autism. Also, if you happen to have autistic children, this may help you plan a Disney trip on what you can do to make sure your child has a fantastic time in the parks. And so I'm right now on the line with Mr. Ben Goodman over in the UK. Hello. Hi there. 
And that's how they greet people in the UK. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> it is, it's usually a hello, mate, or hello. That's, um, that's as far as we go. <laughs> <laughs> See? Culture. <laughs> short, blunt, and to the point. No, thank you for having, having us on. You're very welcome. And what's fun about this is actually with all my education, I've had a, a class assignment where I was supposed to dive into some sort of a social media thing to help promote something and so I was running across Twitter because I was supposed to find people worth following and I saw what this site was about on the Twitter page which by the way uh, it is just at Zach's Adventures on Twitter it is yes that's our Twitter handle Z-A-K for the spelling of Zach you also have a great YouTube channel, which I've went and I've taken a look at some videos. You got some fun stuff, and I've shared stuff here on. Uh, I think I've shared both on Facebook and Twitter. So make sure all y'all check it out. Uh, it's also Zach's Adventures on YouTube, right? Uh, on YouTube, it's Adventures with Zach. We couldn't okay. have both, so, so <laughs> we had to swap them around. <laughs> Somebody beat us to it. But you started vlogging, uh, basically some of the life and, and helpful stuff uh, with your son and his autism. Uh, so for starters, uh, explain autism to us. Uh, autism is a spectrum and it's every child is different um, so there's no one case that could be set against another uh, like I say every child is very different they all, some have different traits uh, different um, behavioral issues but uh, there's this whole stigma on it that um, you know a child has autism and that's it they're naughty they're spoiled they um, they act up which isn't a fair representation of them so that's why we created the channel was to break it down for how it is for us how it is uh, and we try we're going to try and get other families involved as well as we move along but like I say it's really just to take that stigma away and show that you know these are people that they want love they you know they just want to be accepted and um, it, it's not what everybody represent thinks it is so that's our that's our mission with it at the moment. So how would you explain what it's like for an autistic child? Because the only things I understand is sometimes they they don't quite understand some social norms and they have a, a hard time adjusting to various things. Yeah, there's a lot of sensory that goes on with it, especially with Zach. Um, very loud noises can really upset him. Uh, he's not too bad with lights, but I know there are other children that do suffer with um, different lighting, different lighting effects. Even something as simple as going into a supermarket, just the lights that they have up on there, that can, that can be enough to set them off. Um, like I say, sound as well. Very loud noises or high-pitched noises can aggravate them. and uh, That's why, if you like, say with the videos, you'll see Zach has got ear defenders on a lot of the time. Mm. Um, so it's yeah, almost sorry. almost like they're extra sensitive, like their sensor senses are kind of, you know, very sensitive to things that, you know, they kind of just hit the wrong nerve in their brain or something. Yeah, very much so. Um, it, it's got to be uncomfortable. Um, Zach's nonverbal, so he can't talk to us yet and tell us what it is that's upsetting him. So we have to read his body language, his behavior, um, and adjust accordingly to that. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's, like I say, and it's different for every child. Some some children um, are okay with louder sounds. Some are very sensitive to sound. The same with lighting, um, communication as well. It, it, it's a very big list. <laughs> so, from what I've understood, and I don't know if this is correct, but as as a child gets older, they either kind of learn to adjust, and uh, they can actually deal with it a lot better, uh, or. Or does autism one of those things that kind of develops away? I mean, how does that come about? I mean, um, I wouldn't say that it goes away. Uh, I say that the child learns to manage themselves better. The parents or carers um, also seem to. It's really weird. With without the language, like I say, Zach's nonverbal, so there's no language, but you you learn to read the body, which is absolutely crazy. But it's. You can sense when something's not right or something's about to happen. So you're more on hand, ready before it does happen as they get older. And, and you've been around it more. You, you learn more and see the signs that are coming. But as he gets older, he'll, you know, he, right now he's nonverbal, but eventually he will learn great ways to communicate and he'll grow and develop and he'll adapt. And he'll probably just be stronger in a lot of things than the rest of us because he's had to develop it a different way than a lot of other people. So he might actually be really impressive as he gets older. 
Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, we do work on it's uh, over here. It's called PEX, which is, is the simplest way of explaining it is um, picture communication. So in the kitchen, we have a board, and it'll have his favourite biscuits, crisps, milk, juice, uh, and stuff like that on it. So if you want somebody to go up, pick that up, and bring it over to us, and, and that's his way of communicating at the moment. Yeah. So it's it's developing. It's the, he's getting there. Uh, yeah. He's now started school. His words are starting to come on a lot more, and that's what we're going to try and put on our next series of vlogs. Um, hopefully, we'll be seeing him talking a lot more as well. Awesome. Which will be fun if he starts learning to talk while he's still missing those, those two front teeth there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're slowly coming through, but they are taking their time. <laughs> I was in the exact same shape there. I think when I was like seven years old, I lost both of those top, top front the I can't even talk now. See, <laughs> but I lost my two front teeth over the course of a thumber and everything with like this. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't get around it. It would have been more fun if I'd have lost them close to Christmas time because then I could have been singing that song that all I wanted for Christmas was my two front teeth. <laughs> Hopefully that becomes one of Zach's favorite songs because it's coming up on Christmas. And well, although I guess the video I've seen is from May, though, so... <laughs> Yeah, the old, yeah, the last Florida trip was in May, but um, there will be another load of them coming up at Christmas as well. Awesome. So you all are apparently big Disney fans. Yes, uh, it was kind of embedded in me when I was a child. Uh, I was lucky enough for my parents to take us there quite often, and I've carried that tradition on, so Zach's stuck with it now. <laughs> what all parks have you been able to visit? Um, we've only done Orlando. We've done all the parks in Orlando awesome. um, we've looked at Paris it might be something we do next year California's on our wish list um, and as the years go further along the line we will look further uh, Tokyo oh but, yeah yeah that, that's that's the goal we don't want to hit that too early yeah Paris might be an easier travel for you you could almost drive well no I guess not if you're on the island you can't drive <laughs> <laughs> but you're closer by being you know you're already in Europe it's probably got to be an easier flight than uh, when they go into Orlando I would figure yeah um, it would be but we like a, a nice long break uh, with the Paris <laughs> park being a little bit smaller there's yeah. you know a lot of people have long weekends I think week would you'd max out there so um, that's why Orlando has always been our destination there's so much to do yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can make it a two week holiday and it's sunny all the time yeah just something in Europe we don't get in this side of it yeah, and I wouldn't want to go to Paris until they finish whatever they're doing to the Phantom Manor. They're, they've been working on it for a long time. They're sprucing it, so I want to see the final version on my first trip yeah. to Paris. I'll be like the target. It's like the Phantom Manor and that dragon. <laughs> yeah, the dragon underneath the castle. That's uh, very impressive to see. That's one thing definitely on the list. Okay. But so we know that you have to have to have to take a long flight to Orlando. Uh, what type of things can uh, can you do with Zach to keep him, you know, because you've already got loud noises. So I figure he's got his headphones on. But uh, how does he deal with being able to have to sit still like that on a plane? Uh, lucky enough, before our first flight in 2016, uh, this is why we got into YouTube. Um, I was looking online because obviously we knew Zach was autistic and it was going to be a difficult flight. So I was looking to see if anybody had done anything with like recommendations or any help, and I couldn't really find a lot. Uh, I did come across one article. There was a brief part. Um, it was some lady that had been to Virgin Atlantic training base, and they'd taken her around for the day. So I thought, well, okay, we'll give that a look. Emailed them. And they got back in contact and said, yeah, sure thing, come up for the day. So we went down for the day, and they were fantastic. We, uh, Lady Geraldine there, she took us in, explained what we were going to do for the day, made sure Zach was okay, took us round. It's where they do all their staff training. So there was mock-ups of planes and everything, uh, the cockpit. And we had three or four hours of just walking around, um, letting Zach get used to just the simplest things like a chair that he'd never been on an airplane so he didn't know what the chairs were so we let him have some time in there <clears throat> um and they they really did help start to finish that day and as we left they took our details we got to boarding on the day they knew who we were they knew we was coming everything was set in place ready to go it was fantastic we we wouldn't been able to do the holiday without that um so we get on the plane and then it's down to us and it's the usual things, lucky enough, technology's come on so far now. Uh, you know, uh, he has a Nintendo Switch, he has an iPad, everything to keep him busy and occupied for the flight, which works well because otherwise we wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. 
So that's, I think if I had a long flight, I don't know if I would, I would go kind of nuts myself without something <laughs> like the one time that I've flown, when I went to Walt Disney world, I had my laptop with me and I had movies loaded onto it. So I was sitting there, but I was so twitchy and excited because I'd never been before that I couldn't even sit still to watch a movie. I was like, Oh, I don't know. So I put my headphones in to listen to some music and I was just bouncing the seat like, Oh, this is awesome. This is awesome. So <laughs> it's just the ride home. That's a little depressing. You're like, okay, now I got to have a movie because I got to go home. <laughs> yeah. We're lucky enough. Our flight's home. Uh, we get we board like late evening so Zach has a good sleep so he's out for three or four hours so it's half the flight done already for him <laughs> yeah I could have done with a good sleep on the way home because I remember we flew through a storm and I guess the plane goes over top of it but, but you still feel those wind currents and that turbulence and that plane started shaking and I was grouping the edge of my chair like oh my gosh we're gonna die <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't fly well I guess but yeah, it's worth it for the destination so was this uh, this May trip that you have this video of, was that Zach's first time to Walt Disney World? No, that was his second. We thought about vlogging the first time because, um, like I said, we couldn't find much of it online. But being that it was his first time, we wanted to enjoy it in the moment. We didn't want to relive it for a lens or worry about what we was going to capture and making sure everything was right on how we wanted it to come across. So we left the cameras at home on that trip and decided to do it on our last one in May. Ah, well, that makes sense. So what was, what was his reaction when he first got into Disney Park and, uh, you know, when he kind of understood what was going on and maybe saw, like, a beloved character? I mean, what, what was that like? Uh, it was definitely overwhelming for him, as I'm sure it is for anybody. But it was <clears> – that's where we're lucky as well because, again, it's with the modern day, the way things are. Uh, before taking the flights, going on the holidays, you sit down, you watch other people's vlogs – uh, you know, there's all uh, we watched people like Tim Tracker, Get Binky, the Hayes family. They, so that kind of prepared him. He knew what was there, um, but uh, yeah, actually seeing it for the first time, his face just lit up. It was amazing, something that we'll never forget. Um, and the same when we returned, I managed to get that one on film. His eyebrows are twitching, and he knows he's back, and he's got a fun two weeks ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do love uh, the the moments you have with Stitch. Uh, so was Sitch one of his favorite characters? He is now. <laughs> <laughs> After that interact, I don't know what it was. Because Zach had never watched a Stitch film. Um, we'd never put it on. Uh, everything's more modern now, isn't it, with Pixar? Yeah. Uh, so that character just, he, I think it was the third time we went to see him on that one trip. He'd come over, he got Zach out of his buggy and just made a fuss of him. Um, and from there, that's it. It's, it. We have Stitch everything at home now. It's just Teddy. <laughs> Uh, mugs but yeah so stitch is definitely one that we look forward to seeing every every time we return oh yeah see i'm one of the people who i went into skit stitch's great escape and i absolutely loved it and apparently i'm not supposed to have or something i'm supposed to hate it like why am i supposed to hate it i love stitch yeah no it's a brilliant ride and the one before that uh alien Karen, i was lucky enough to experience that um I really enjoyed that. And like you say, we're not meant to, but yeah, that was a, that was a good ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never got to experience the original version. So I'm thinking that might have made some of the difference where cause I think some of the people who have problems with Stitch's Great Escape just really want that uh, alien encounter back. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they, they bring that back. It's not uh, very Disney-like or yeah. child-friendly. <laughs> it's a bit scary. <laughs> yeah. Although I, I hear, uh, I guess at the Tokyo Disneyland, they're allowed to have some scary things around Halloween compared to what we do in the States. So I, oh, I was watching some video of about all the different little kind of haunted attractions they actually set up every year in there. They'll even do it based off a of villain. They had one where uh, Dr. Facilier was even a, a big part of being scary. And I was like, well, that would actually be fun. And I think they should do that in the States, you know, use the villains in a scary fashion to where like, aha, you know, you are in the clutches of Ursula, you know, something. <laughs> yeah. Like they have the party events. You can't see why they do two or three of those and yeah. get more, more older children. Yeah, you just point out that this is where it is, so don't bring your three-year-old in there. But you know. let the rest of us enjoy it as well. Yeah, we 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 can enjoy a good scare. Even Jack Skellington says so. Exactly. <laughs> oh, so what is the best thing you found when you bring Zach into a park and you know there's going to be all kinds of maybe a parade's going to be coming through? You know, there's something's going to be loud. There's going to be a lot of movement, a lot of things happening. What's the best way that you can prepare him to uh, and be able to enjoy it? Um, like I say, his ear defenders are a game changer. Um, without them, I, I don't think we'd be able to take the trips. It really does um, take the sound away. Uh, 
but we've also found with the first time we went, we, did, we didn't take a buggy. So we were hiring the Magic Kingdom strollers. Um, and we've got the one that has a canopy come over. And Zach kept pulling that over every time it was enough for him. He was having too much. So we was like, you know what, this, this seems to work. So trips since then, we've either bought a buggy out there or for our next trip, we've actually just bought a special buggy because he's getting bigger now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has the canopy on it. So he, he can let us know when he's had enough and he needs a break. And he'll take himself off in there, pull the cover down, sit on his iPad, um, <laughs> watch some videos. Had 10, 15 minutes to himself and be set, ready to go again after that. Awesome. Yeah, I've actually even heard uh, one of my professors, I was talking to him about the, this conversation, and he, he mentioned that they, they have even a – Disney has a location you can actually go to that's a nice little quiet space where you can come and just chill out if you if you happen to need that. So did you ever – did you find that and make use of it? Uh, we have seen that, um, and it was definitely something that we would use if, if it became too much where that couldn't self-regulate enough. Um, it would be somewhere we'd go and have a couple of hours. But he, he seems quite content on shutting himself off for a little while. Uh, like I say, 10, 15 minutes, refresh, and then he's good to go again. But it is definitely a, a thing out there for other people to look into. Um, oh, yeah. So what's the other ways that you felt Disney actually had something to to help out for you know if your son's special conditions you know if i mean will they let you uh, get like i know that you can get a pass to where you can just fast pass you into lines because uh, i have read something where uh, this mother who's trying to file a lawsuit against disney claiming they, they're not doing enough because her child can't manage to stand in a line uh because he has to have like a schedule for everything and so it, it throws him off somehow another just waiting in line and i don't know if you find that to be a problem where zach has a hard time uh, in a line and if if disney can actually well here we'll get you let's let's pass you in a little bit so you can you don't have to wait as long to get onto an attraction yeah no we we do use the dad's pass and we use the new version we never got to use the old version but from the difference in them i think the new version is better and i know that's not going down well and like you say there's lawsuits against disney but mm-hmm. they're making the effort uh, yeah. the old version it used to just go to the front of the ride show them your pass they let you straight on which, uh, yeah, obviously, I know uh, children suffering line sack is one of them. Mm-hmm. So I can, can see why they did that, but it was misused um, and abused by other people that didn't have conditions. Right. Uh, but I'm more for the new version, which is we go up to the front of the line. Uh, we have the passes on our bands, and, and they look at the ride time um, for existence. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean, it's 55 minutes wait. So they say to you, okay, 55 minutes, scan your band, you go back in 55 minutes and you go in the fast pass lane. Um, so yes, you have to wait the same as everybody else, which is I'm um, all for because we paid the same money to be there as everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just gives you that opportunity to go and wait somewhere more quiet or go and get some to eat or like I say, just off to the side in the buggy where he's more comfortable. It's I, I feel that way is better. Um, oh, yeah. That actually makes a lot of sense to me, too. Like, okay, we're still going to wait like everybody else, but now we don't have to stand in line, so we can go and get a churro, you know? <laughs> exactly, yeah. And um, I, I think that works a lot better. Rather than, like I say, because people misuse the last system, and right. the rules in the, in the States are a lot different to the UK. It's like if we go to a UK park, we have to have doctor's notes um, and proof and all that, which I'm all for, and I know you can't change the laws out there and just jump on that and say, okay, well, if you want that pass, you're going to have to provide all this information. So I think they've, Disney have balanced it up well, and in my eyes, they've got it right. Like I say, we still have to wait the same as everybody else, which is only fair. Yeah. But we get the chance to wait off somewhere else and what's best for the child and their needs at that point. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it works out pretty well for Disney, too, because while you're waiting, you're like, oh, look, there's a shop over there. Let's go buy <laughs> <Yeah>. something. <laughs> Exactly. Let's spend some more money. <laughs> <laughs> so you're completely prepared. So what's Zach's favorite attraction? Um, he loves Buzz Lightyear spin. Uh, like I say, the lights aren't too – Zach enjoys the lights, uh, but he loves just being able to move. Zach's one for spinning, is again, is, is another trait of autism. So he will grab that stick, pull it as hard left as he can, and <laughs> <laughs> that's it. We're going around the whole ride just spinning. There's no point even trying to hit the targets. <laughs> uh, he loves that. 
And this is getting older. He's starting to really enjoy the roller coasters now. Uh, Everest was a big one for him last year. Ooh, yeah, sorry, yeah. In May. He absolutely loved Everest. And because we'd watched it a few times before going, so he was ready for it. He knew as we come up to where the broken tracks were, he was pointing, he was looking, and he knew we were heading backwards. So he was prepared, and he absolutely loved it. Oh, that's great. Oh, which I got to wonder how, how he must have loved even <coughs> the uh, – I love the Kilimanjaro Safari – uh, so how was it going through and seeing all the animals? Was he excited about that? Yeah, he's not one for animals. Um, mm. he, to him, it was just a, a car drive <laughs> around the field. <laughs> he'd look over, he'd see them, he'd look back. He's like, okay, yeah, this isn't thrilling enough for me. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He's a bit of a thrilling junkie at a young age. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> eh, this car's moving too slow. Let me take a nap. Wait me when we're done looking at animals. <laughs> exactly. It suits us fine. He's not going to be scared of the rise as he gets older then. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Cause I, I would think, like, I know when I was a little kid, I just was all about I loved animals, which is probably appropriate that I married a biology teacher. Because... <laughs> <laughs> so to me, I mean, that would have been when I was a kid, the biggest thrill going around and seeing the lions and things in the animal kingdom. I would have just went crazy. Yeah. yeah. Did you get a chance? To... Hmm? Oh, go ahead. No, sorry. No, sorry. Go on. Uh, I was about to ask, actually, go a different direction. But did you get a chance to check out any of the new Pandora attractions while you were there? Yes, we did. Um, it, it's breathtaking out there. It really is something else. And if that's the new standard of theming in parks then everything we know growing up is finished <laughs> it's crazy um but that flight of passage it's i still can't find words to describe that six months on <laughs> well <laughs> so now you and zach have that in common i'm sure he was just as thrilled <laughs> yeah he was yeah he, he he won't put the glasses on but to him he was still being thrown around and we was on the back of um a banshee it was yeah so really looking forward to getting back on that one as well and for if that's what they did for Pandora, I can't imagine how cool it's going to be when the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opens. Oh, it's going to be mad. It's going to be busy, but hopefully they've accounted for that. And it's just going to be, like I say, the, the level of theming and immersiveness is going up. So the future is uh, just going to be amazing for us all to see. So is Zach a big Star Wars fan? He's starting to get into it. I will make sure that he is a big fan by next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to, to see that. That in a, in a, Just being a child and loving Star Wars and walking into that land is going to be amazing. Even oh, if you're a big 41-year-old kid like me, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I know Zach's going to be blown away, but I'm, I'm going to be worse. I think I'm going to be running down and looking at everything and, and jumping. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it, I can tell that you and Zach have a lot of fun together. There's that nice clip there when you're before you go into Stitch, you and Zach kind of goofing around and even spinning around. You mentioned he likes to do that. Uh, some fun in the video. So it seems like you two just have a very special relationship. Do you think that it, it changes the way a father and son reacts when you know they have you know autistic child that you you get to bond in different ways? Do you think it's kind of different and special? Um, Zach's my only child, so I, w I wouldn't know the difference, um, but. Yeah, definitely you have to give them a bit more time and understand them, not any more than you would uh, any other child. It's, um, I don't know, uh, I think if he was autistic or not, I'd still put as much in as I can. But yeah, yeah it, there's definitely the language barrier, uh, maybe you do have to put in a little bit more. But I'm always a big kid and I'm always going to fry him around and mess about as much as I can, as <laughs> embarrassing as it is to offers. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You're having fun. It's your son, you know? Yeah, exactly. Makes sense to me. Oh, my goodness. So did he have like a particular area? And uh, I mean, of, of the uh, four parks, there, does they have a favorite park? Water parks is a complete different day to theme parks for us. Um, we managed to get his ear defenders off after doing one ride. It's a lot more chilled out, a lot more laid back. He loves the water. Um, <laughs> you've seen the Typhoon Lagoon one, then waves are coming. He knows what's coming because we've watched it and we've been before. And he, he just loves them waves. And as soon as they hit him, he comes up, he's laughing. And it's like, right, let's go again. Um, yeah, the water parks are definitely his favorite days out. Um, and also the Speedway at Magic Kingdom. <laughs> um, he loves that anything to do with cars wheels driving um, Zach's there so he gets to sit in that seat hold the steering wheel and to him he's driving around that track <laughs> it's 
<laughs> yeah, I saw that part of the video. That was fun. His face is just lit up as he's yeah. going around. And then what's funny is you can see some, some people on the track over next to you that they're <laughs> they're going like bumper to bumper, these two cars. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Aren't they breaking the rules over there? <laughs> uh, yeah, I see that. There's, there's a guy on his phone. He has to do a double take to see Zach come flying past him. His, um... <laughs> yeah, oh, they're... my goodness. Yeah, wouldn't that actually be fun, though, that it turns out when Zach grows up, he wants to drive race cars. <laughs> I'd love it if he did. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of money to be made and we get to travel the world and I'm sure it'll take me along with him. <laughs> Especially if he's going to Disney, got to take the family back along with him. Exactly. That's what we're doing it for now. So he owes us when he gets older. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a pretty good plan. So have you managed to get over and check out the, anything over at Universal, like the Harry Potter area? Uh, we haven't taken Zach to Universal. We didn't go 2016. My other half went with um, her other son. Uh, we didn't go last year. It's definitely something we didn't build it at Zach's age. There was enough there for him to warrant spending the extra money on the tickets. But as he gets older and he gets taller so he can do the bigger rides, there, we'll definitely be heading over there. Oh, yeah, because if he follows after his mom, apparently he's going to be a big Harry Potter fan. Exactly. So yeah, <laughs> as soon as he can get on the um, the rides, he'll be there. Oh yes. Oh yeah. And especially you know with you know there's a Spider Man ride in there, so you know obviously I, I I'm big on that. So <laughs> I've got to get over there myself. Which uh, even uh, you you were we were talking before we started recording that you're you're wanting to go over into Disneyland, and now they're building that Marvel Land over there. Uh, yeah. So is has he grown into a bit of a Marvel fan yet? Uh little bit he, he knows spider-man he looks at spider-man but again they're always on in our house so he's got no <laughs> choice <laughs> um, he will he will like marvel um and like and that's the thing about when we were at orlando because of the rides i'm not going to go into that you don't have it in disney so if he does get into that then obviously the universal will be the place we go for that when mm -hmm. he's tall enough to ride the hulk um enjoy the spider-man as well oh yes so he'd be a kid after my own heart if he left some spider-man <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like I say, he's got no choice. He's going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, overall, I think the the big tips we've learned is having those 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 headphones that kind of help block some noise. Give him a way, even a, a, a buggy of sorts seems to be helping really well. So if he gets overstimulating, having that way to where he can just kind of chill out, have a little iPad or something there to give him 10, 15 minutes. And uh, it seems to be also very important to give him a chance to watch some videos and so he knows what to expect when he gets there. So it's, it's stimulating and fun, but not super stimulating and stressful for him. That seems to be the most useful things. Exactly. And also, we didn't find this out until uh, last trip. Um, if you do have their own buggy, or even if it's a rental buggy, you can ask to use the buggy as a wheelchair. So that means that you can, in the queues for the characters, the usual places that you'd have to leave them behind, you can take them in, which again, because there's no fast pass for character meets, so you can end up waiting 20 minutes, half an hour in a line to meet Stitch or somebody like that. So if you've got your buggy, that can really change it up. So make sure to get the, I think it's a red badge um, at any of the guest service areas. Because, uh, again, that will make waiting in lines a lot easier. Awesome. Um, so definitely something. Like I say, we didn't know it the first trip. We're glad we know it now, so we're more prepared. And that will be in the next videos to put out there for other people to see as well. Awesome. Any other tips that you think we should tell everybody if they bring their autistic children into the parks? Go with their flow. Uh, it's like with Zach, especially on our last trip. Uh, again, he, it was one of his centuries. He, he just didn't want to wear his shorts. So he was in jeans. It's May. It's hot. So we was just like, okay, we can fight with you at the villa all day, trying to get your shorts on, or we can go out. We'll enjoy the morning. As soon as you're getting too hot, we're coming away. And that's exactly what we did. You Don't force it. You know, let we let Zach dictate the day. It's When he's had enough, then we'll go home. There's no point trying to push him too far. Awesome. All right, so remind everybody how they can find you all on YouTube and Twitter. Uh, on Twitter, we are Zach's underscore adventures, and that's Zach's with a Z-A-K. And YouTube, we are Adventures with Zach. And I'll make sure I put some links up here in the show notes so everybody can come and check it out and have some fun with Zach because he is definitely having some fun. And it, it, it delighted me even seeing in the videos all the fun he was having. It just made me feel like a kid, too. <laughs> <laughs> 
Good. And now's a good time because we're heading back in six weeks. Awesome. So we'll be back over there and we're going to be there for Christmas as well. So hopefully we've oh, managed to capture that. Toy Story Land, we've not experienced that yet either. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're really looking forward to that. It's, we're already sitting at home and we're watching everybody else's vlogs as the decorations are going up. We're like, come on, six weeks, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I hope you all have a fantastic Christmas trip then. And a huge thank you for coming on here because I feel like I learned a few things. All right. Thanks for having us. And thanks for giving us the opportunity to talk about it as well. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official lost boy or pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit patreon.com slash neverlandpodcast to donate to keeping the pixie dust alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello, everybody. This is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast. We love you. Neverland Podcast. We love you. Neverland Podcast. It's true. Neverland Podcast.